Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the NBA Prospects Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Monday, December 21st. Rob Bruin, T. Rose, we're back. It's mad snow outside, and we are freezing, but we back in the lab. Troy, tell me how you feeling. I'm feeling cold, man. It's, 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 getting, it's getting cold real fast, especially up here in Syracuse, New York. But other than that, man, I'm feeling good. Obviously, like we always say, another week, another pod. So we're here, and I'm ready to get into it. So on today's episode, we're going to list the top players for you guys in the class of 2021, according to Tipton Edits. NBA is back in full effect, and now the NBA season will be starting. So we'll be breaking down our predictions for that as well. A couple of players are listed are ready to go as the top draft pick in the next NBA draft. So we're going to touch on that as well. And Rutgers put the spanking on Illinois. And we have a guest today that stopped by with us, Marlo Sean Franklin, entrepreneur, football player as well too. And he's doing big, big things. Detroit native is very close to my guy Troy as well too. So you guys stay tuned in as we lock him in in the rest of this episode. According to Tipton Edit, Kennedy Chandler is the number one point guard. He's committed to Tennessee. Jaden Hardy, he's been getting a lot of love on the gram. Top shooting guard, he's uncommitted right now. Caleb Houston, your man, he's going to Michigan. So, I mean, not exactly you, but, you know, he's staying within the confines of the area. And power forward, we got Patrick Baldwin Jr. He got dunked on crazy this summer, I believe. I forgot who dunked on him, but it was, it was spicy. And then Chet Holgram, you know, he battled with boy Imani Bates earlier this, this year already as well, too. And both of those last two guys I just put out to you, are uncommitted right now which one of those guys really stand out to you and if not those five anybody else really standing out to you on the circuit right now well you said it my guy Caleb Houston that's what I'm looking forward to obviously the talented young kid from uh, Mount Verde Academy if I'm not mistaken down mm-hmm. in Florida um he really put in work you know at six eight he can stretch the floor he's confident in his shot um he signed to play over there at Michigan I'm very hurt that he couldn't come over there to East Lansing and join us but he, he, he turned down a lot of schools to go to Ann Arbor and I think Jawan Howard did a great job of getting them we talk about schools like Duke we talk about Michigan State Arkansas North Carolina so he definitely turned down a lot of schools but I think it's going to be good for those Michigan guys and Jawan Howard to really start getting his class implemented over there at Michigan so looking forward to seeing what he's going to do and how he's really going to change the face over there in Ann Arbor over to the college hoop side, Syracuse ran down Buffalo from a 16-point lead. Quincy Garrier led the way with 27 points and 11 rebounds. I'm not going to say this was a huge game for Syracuse, but it was good. Because I'll say this first. Last year, when Syracuse would get in any deep deficits, they could never get out of it. Now, already, I'm going to say this team looks more complete than last year because of their versatility in terms of the guards. They have Kaderi Richmond. JG3, not so much a fan of, but I really love the way Kaderi Richmond stretched the floor and pushes the tempo for the team. Alan Griffin had a stupid game-saving block to take Syracuse into OT. So Syracuse is looking good. I believe they're 5-1 right now, or 6-1 will actually be in Buffalo. So um, they're showing promise right now. I just really didn't like that they struggled with Buffalo, but I like that they came back and won the game. That's one thing that's been big about Syracuse this year. They have found themselves in tough situations 
but they found a way to claw back. And like you said, the leadership of Quincy Guerrier on the offensive end with 27 points, Alan Griffin being good on offense and defense. He finished with 24 points and 10 rebounds. And then Mark Dolezal, I like the way that he stretches the floor. Big Dolezal. Big Dolly. I like the way that he's able to stretch the floor, but also able to give you some post presence. And one thing that's big about him is the way he facilitates. I love the way he facilitates the ball. He finished with 19 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. Okay, so, he had a solid game. He had a solid game too. And then Buddy Beheim, we can't sleep. He had 22 as well. So Sleeper. this was a good. This was a good team win for Syracuse, and you like to see that when everybody's clicking on all cylinders. This is a good team out there. So you got to pay attention, but. With Buffalo being a three and three team, I think they right. got to turn up their intensity yeah. a little bit. You got to start turning the team up. You got to start turning up a little bit. So hopefully they'll be able to do that moving forward. Big shout out to Coach Beheim. He's holding it down and stay healthy. Yeah, just one thing before we leave this topic. I just want everyone to be very clear where I stand on this. When I look at Kaderi Richmond, I love the toughness and the intensity that he's coming with. I don't know. Maybe it's just because he's from Brooklyn. But, you know, last year, everybody was so happy that Joe Gerard took the starting spot from Jalen Carey, right? Now, Kadari Richmond comes in with this tenacity. He's ready to ball out. And he puts the pressure on JG3 to keep his spot. But in my opinion, from what I'm seeing, when we're looking at how the game is being played and the calls that Jim Beheim is making, Joe Gerard is not on the floor when the game counts. Kaderi Richmond is. So I think we all need to pay attention to that. And uh, I just love the promise that he's bringing with the Syracuse Orange. Now, Troy Rutgers in Illinois, that was a tough one. That was gritty. I think somebody by the name Ron Harper Jr. was balling out. Talk to me about what you saw in that game. I think people underestimate his game a lot of times because when you look at his, his, build. his size and his frame, mm -hmm. it doesn't look that he could be as crafty or as elusive as he is, even explosive at times. But I was excited to see see a lot out of him. He's really been leading that Ruggers team. I like how he plays aggressive down low, able to knock down shots, and just really play bully ball, if you ask me. You know what I mean? With his size, he's able to move people out the way down low and finish strong around the basket. But with his shooting ability, he's able to stretch the floor, knock down three-point shots, get into the paint, knock down a little mid-range. And so I was excited what I saw out of him. He finished strong, and he's continuing to lead Rutgers. What I really like about Ron Harper is just how tough he is. Like how you say he plays bully ball. And I feel like bully ball is kind of out of style right now, but he bring, he's bringing it back. And I just love the way that he just put the pressure on Illinois. You know, I've been pushing for Illinois to take out Michigan State, but Rutgers has really shown some promise and they gave Syracuse some problems a couple weeks ago. So 28 points, nine rebounds. They just came back and willed the game from Illinois. Illinois was in control the entire time. With Ayo DeSumo, he was doing his thing as well because he's the man for Illinois. And it's just great to see that Rutgers is here. They're ranked 19 as well, too. So they're looking to make noise in the Big Ten. And as me and you have talked before, Big Ten is looking way stronger. Definitely looking a lot stronger. And, and as we shift gears a little bit, um, I have to talk about the demise of... Yeah, talk about it. Who lost this weekend? I have to talk about the demise before you before you can even get into it and throw your job. I was actually gonna let you slide. I wasn't even gonna say anything about it, but since you brought it up, my 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 Michigan State team took a tough loss yesterday. Wow, to who? Northwestern. Who? Northwestern. Northwestern. Drake. 
It was Northwestern, man. <laughs> and it, it was just an all-around tough game for Michigan State. Obviously, guys like Rocket Watts struggled to get an offensive groove going. Joey Hauser, he had a knee injury, struggled to get it going. But I got to give credit to Northwestern. Boo, Bowie, he had 30 points. He had more, almost as many points as the entire, entire starting lineup mm. of Michigan State. So you have to just have to give credit when it's due. That was a team that had just came off a 52-point victory against Quincy, if I'm not mistaken. So they had their momentum coming into that game, and, and they let Michigan State know that this wasn't going to be a cakewalk. But I'm sure Michigan State and Coach Izzo are going to make sure they do the best that they can moving into this next game and don't see a loss like that happening no time soon. Listen, I'm not going to add salt to the wound because I know you're going through a lot right now with everything that's going down. I'm not going to kick you while you're down. But I'll just say this. And I see you got your green on. Nice shirt, by the way. It's okay that they lost this game. It's going to put them right back in line where they need to be. And me and you both know this after watching basketball for as long as we have. The undefeated team never goes all the way anyway. So it's better to get the kinks out the way and the losses now. You know what I mean? And they just build and learn from here. But, you know, Tom Izzo's the man. He's going to make the adjustments. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to have to, especially when we got, got Wisconsin coming up next on Christmas. He's got to tighten right. up. Mm -hmm. up. And another Big Ten school that's looking good right now, just to throw it out there, everybody look out for Iowa. They looking Luka solid Garza. right now. Absolutely. Luka Garza. According to top recruits, people are saying that Jalen Suggs, Kay Cunningham, and Evan Mobley are projected to be one of the three uh, number one draft picks. Now, I know it's very, very early in the season, but Troy, if you had to pick one, who would you say is probably going to go first out the three? Well, probably Kay Cunningham. Um, the way he's Over Jalen? Yeah, I would probably say Kay Cunningham. And that's just if I'm picking. You know what I mean? Right. I like his game along with his size and the way that he's been able to play above the rim, aggressive, be explosive, but also be a leader on the defensive end. To me, I pay a lot of attention to the defense as well because I love a player that can score, but I also love a player that can guard one of the best stop. scorers on the other team as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that energy from him. So I would probably have to go with Kay Cunningham. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on that as well. Jalen Suggs is just a little bit more explosive because he's smaller and he really could get up there. But I have to agree with you in terms of playing both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? Being that they'll be defending each other in the, in the league very soon. Just because you gave me 30 and I have 32, essentially, you didn't stop me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I think Cade brings that versatility and he has that length. But I will say... Oklahoma State did take a, a tough loss to Texas this weekend. Uh, my boy Matt Coleman and the gang pulled up on him and beat him by three. So that, that was tough. Cade took a, a bad shot, I think, at the end of the game. He, he definitely shows promise, man. And um, I, I got Cade Cunningham for sure going first in this draft as well. NBA season starts back up December 22nd. Tomorrow, it's lit. Warriors versus Nets. Clippers, Lakers, I need your predictions. Who you got? Well, I got the Nets over the Warriors. Oh, um, I see. What was, the second, what was the second game? Clippers, Lakers. You are we are we doing the same thing we did last year, or did you learn your the, lesson? You back at it? You gonna let me answer? Oh, I'm sorry, because I feel like I you ain't learned your lesson, but I'll let you talk. I got, I got I got the Nets beating the Warriors, and I have the Lakers beating the Clippers. It's it's still early. It's still early. I know people still like Clippers haven't shown me much in preseason. I mean, the Lakers are stacked abundant, so. I mean, definitely, when you think about that matchup, I'm, you know, no questions asked. As of right now, Kawhi has to step it up. PG just got that big contract, so I'm going to need to see a little more from him. So I'm definitely go uh, 
Lakers on that game. And with the Nets, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, they've kind of shown me that it, it's meshing a little bit over there. I know we just recently saw Kyrie with his Sage. And, and if, he's ta- if, he's, if he's taking that with him everywhere to every arena, I got, I got to go in a long way, especially if the, way, the way they played the other night against the Celtics. So I got the Nets taking the Warriors. Listen, I'm, I'm going to go against the grain with this one. The Warriors, I, I think Steph Curry is hyped up and ready to go. They have something to prove. I, I know that it's a business, you know what I mean? But w- when it comes to us going to war together, I think it's a little personal. You know, Draymond could say they kissed and they made up, but he still feel a little way about that. You're going to leave us after everything we, you know, Draymond used to talk to KD crazy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I'm going to go Warriors, and I got them beating the Nets by 12, and I'm going to ride with you on the Lakers against the Clippers on that one. The Lakers, uh, I got the Lakers beating them by 15. Okay, that's some good numbers. That's some good numbers. Um, I I do think it's gonna be highly anticipated with, with Kevin Durant coming back. And oh yeah, absolutely. Team. But I think I think enough time has went by, and both teams have been through enough. Obviously, he went through his injury. Yeah. Kyrie's went through his. He's back. The Warriors are still battling. I know uh, Draymond and James Wiseman have kind of been down. But I think enough time has gone by where it's it's all love. It's water under the bridge, and they just coming out there to play basketball. When we look at all of the different contracts that have been signed, Rudy Gobert signs a five-year extension for $205 million. We talk so much about how the big man is extinct in this game right now. He's one of the few that are left uh, amongst Dwight Howard and others. But I think this is a time where we give Rudy Gobert his flowers because he has been dominant. You know, he is always going to be a double-double guy. Caught a lot of flack for what he did with COVID, even how that played out. It's great to see that him and Donovan Mitchell have revamped their situation, talked to each other. And, you know, even though we're not best of friends, we have something here in Utah. And from the article that I read for ESPN, they just see the bigger picture, which is why they were so heavy in investing in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So salute to Gobert. I think he's deserving of it. And one thing that I took from the article as well was that he said that he didn't want the full max because he knew that they could add another piece. So I think that that shows that he's a standout guy. He's invested, as I said before, and he really does want to win. And we both know Utah took a hard loss last year when they lost to the Nuggets on that buzzer beater with Mike Conley on that left wing. So, um, well, Rudy Gobert, he's he's what you would consider the last of a dying breed as far as the NBA goes with true centers, guys that play from the post, mm-hmm. that don't stretch the floor. So I think he is the last of a dying breed, but he's also one of the few that's still averaging double-doubles between 15 points and 13, 14 rebounds a game. He was fourth in the league last year in rebounds. And he this was, is one of the big – two blocks as well. And this is the largest contract that a center has ever received mm-hmm. in NBA history. Right. So I think he's not only rightfully deserving of it, but I think he's he's making history with it. And being a two-time defender, you know that he's going to be able to block shots, defend the post. And with him being an all-star, you know that he's going to play at a high level. He's going to get you buckets. He's going to get you rebounds. So I think with that, I think without a question, he rightfully deserves it. And again, continue to rep for the big fellas. And shout out Elijah Hughes. Talk Syracuse. to me about that. Doing, he was looking the other night. Yeah, shout out Elijah Hughes. Shout out uh, Azubuke from Kansas. They got some young fellas on their team too. So be, a watch little strip on their shoulder. Yeah, and it's dope too because Elijah got to keep his number. So I know he's real happy about that thirty-three. You mm-hmm. know how that number game goes. Somebody else that's getting contracts too is uh, Kyle Kuzma out there cool. in Los Angeles. Kuz just signed a three-year. 
$40 million extension mm-hmm. with the player option in 2023-2024 season. So what do you think about that? You think that was valuable for the Lakers? It's great. I mean, I was always surprised that when all the players got traded away for AD, Lonzo, and Josh Hart, and the rest of the game, I actually thought that Magic Johnson was really invested in BI, to be 100% honest with you. But with Kuzma being that guy that they kept, they saw promise in him. And to be honest, Kuzma's a standout his rookie year after being the four-year player at Utah. So I think it's great. He has to be their third option, and he has to be productive. We need at least 15 points out of Kuz. You get in the bag now. You get a little over like 12 mil a year. You know what I mean? So he needs to show that productivity. And, um, yeah, I see him in the gym. He's ready. You know, he always dye his hair. He's a little spicy. But I'm ready to see what Kuz is going to do. I think that this shows that the team is – they believe in him, one, and that they're invested. And when you look at a three-year extension, I think that – Give some time to develop his game because when you have to take, you have to pay attention. These, they did just get Montrez Harrell. They did just get Dennis Schroeder. So I think his role is going to be diminished a little bit. But I think this also gives him time to still grow, to still market himself in three years to say, "Hey, I want to resign with the Lakers," or put himself in a value that someone else would be willing to come get him as well. So I think it's a good situation for Kuz because he's still able to grow and he's still able to potentially get another ring with a championship contending team. And, you know, we have to see how it works for the Lakers. They got themselves a talented young stud. Last thing I want to throw in there real quick is I think LeBron's been in everyone's ear because if you look at how all of these contracts are going, everybody has that last year with the player option. So I'll just say that. I think Clutch Sports is is doing their due diligence because he's a mastermind. That's all I'm going to say. Puppet master. We all know he's playing behind the scenes. He got it all. <laughs> I call him a puppet master. Then we move in different. We got Detroit's finest in the building. Marlo Sean yeah. Franklin. You know what I'm saying? Entrepreneur, yeah, football deal? player, sitting nice in AZ right now, man. Talk to me. How you feeling? Man, I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all boys for having me on here, man. Shout out to that boy, Troy, man. Yeah. Thank y'all boys for having me. Ah, no doubt, bro. You already know, man. But listen, let's let's jump right into it, man. You got a dope clothing line, Relentless Sacrifice, you know, touch on that a little bit and uh, tell us how you, you know, got into yeah. being an entrepreneur and uh, touch on football for us as well, too. The denim collection. Mm. Yeah, we doing a denim collection. I got uh, 100 jackets, 100 jeans. So it's... it's That's it, just 100 flat? People. Just 100, bro. We got 50, 50 indigo and we got 50 black. 50 black indigo jackets, 50 black indigo jeans vice versa with the black jackets and black jeans so yeah first come first serve i'm letting people get an opportunity to pre-order them on the website um they in production uh almost done with production promo coming out so that's one of my biggest campaigns right now go check that out um this is my third year pro the corona end up happening and it kind of end up canceling our season so for me just you know maximizing my time really just start you know just designing stuff creating stuff and that's how I kind of appear with my clothing line. It kind of is like an extension of my nonprofit. It's the way I fund my nonprofit. So I make the money off the clothes, but I'd be able to take percentage of my profit and, you know, be able to donate it to my nonprofit so I can run it myself. Because I remember doing, like, grants and, and loans and trying to fill out little things to, you know, generate money for the nonprofit. And I wasn't winning them. So for me, I kind of felt like I could put power in my own hands and basically, you know, generate money and then just be able to run my nonprofit self-funded. So that's kind of what I did with the time that I had. 
No, you can find it. Um, I got a website, relentlesssacrifices.com. Um, it's kind of cool because you'll be able to see like all that I'm involved in on my website. So I got my nonprofit stuff and I also got like my apparel side too. So, but going into this year, who's some teams or who's some players that you're looking at over on the NBA side? I'm trying to see what Melo do. I like who? Who? Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> nah, I'm talking about the young boy. Oh, okay. Lamelo, Lamelo. <laughs> yeah, nah, Lamelo too. Lamello. I want to see what his storyline like. I I feel like dog a baller. I just want to see what his storyline be. I just want to see how he he pull his whole thing off. Yeah, I think Melo. He's he's gonna really turn up the scene because he's like a, a low key a good blend between both of his brothers. If you want to be real, and it's like when you look at always being a younger brother, you have a toughness that nobody else really had because you were always right. fighting to be in position. So I agree with you on that. We, me and Troy, me and Troy, definitely tuned in on, on Lamelo for real. Oh yeah, I'm all the way tuned in. The way he can, the way he can handle the, the ball. The way he moves that ball is different. The way, the way he can dribble his, the way he. I like so the unselfish. story though. I and like the story. story. You know nah, the story's just dope. Stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just big brother went early in the NBA draft, and then like you said, he the youngest dude. He like the little generation. He got his mm-hmm. own. You know what I'm saying? He got his own yeah, thing going. And you could tell with him, he got that star aura to him. Like, Lonzo was quiet. He's in the cut. Jello, his game isn't flashy, but he'll cook you. And then LaMelo, he's just a star. Like, he like, I want the lights on me. And I'm going to show out, too. He the baby baby brother. So, like like you said, he like a little creative player. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He got a little bit of everything. He got a little bit of everything. So, it's going to be cool. I think somebody else I'm looking at, I'm interested to see how Brian come back. Mm-hmm. Talk know, about always, it. That's uh, I mean, you know, he went to LA and did his thing. So that's one, one down. How many more he got left in it? Yeah. Yo, Sean, yeah. tell us real quick. Troy said that there's more pressure on Brian to get another chip. Now, do you g- agree, or you you think it's something different? I would say no. It's more pressure. I feel like if he stopped playing today, you couldn't say this was a failure. You couldn't say this was a fluke. Like, he went there and got a chip. Mm-hmm. Especially under under the circumstances, too, with the whole COVID thing, like, he went and got a chip. You know what I'm saying? He went and got a chip. So, regardless of the fact, I don't feel like it's more pressure. I think it's more so, like you said, I'd be liking more so the storyline behind stuff, like how dude got his son covered up in the game. He trying to play on the same team as him. Like, I think that's an accomplishment in itself outside of the chip. Like, that's, that's crazy, bro, to be able to play with your son. That's yeah, hard. that's crazy. <laughs> that's hard. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the thing is, the reason why I feel that it's pressure, and, and, and I don't feel the pressure takes away from his legacy, so I don't want that to get misconstrued. If he, if he take his shoes off today, still one of the greatest to ever do it. But that's I feel right. like the reason there is pressure is because when you, like you said, when you pushed through so much that they had to deal with last year, overcoming everything with COVID, winning the championship in the bubble, people now want to see more. And I don't think, right. I don't think, I, so I'm not saying that the pressure takes away from his legacy. I think now was pressure to kind of continue what people can see to be so good. Not to mention, they've also gotten better. This Brian this They've gotten better this offseason. Tell him, Sean. This tell him. Brian. Tell him who it this is. Brian, you feel me? I'm like, just saying. I know you mumbled out. Yeah, you you always been, yeah, talk to him. This Brian, it's all this is Mr. Scrutiny. This Mr. You this can't. This is what he this do. Mr. 
He been wearing it. It's just Troy, man. He just yeah. he a little tough on Braun, and every time Braun do something, he moved the goalposts. We go back and forth all the time about. I don't. I don't. Whoa, 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 whoa. But Troy, but Troy, let me say this. Post. Let me say this. The way you explain that is the best you ever have. Yeah, he had to. Yeah, that was way better. Light. Yeah, yeah. Light. I see what you're saying. The the pressure to continue the greatness. I agree 100. Right. I see what you're talking. That's about. all I'm yeah, saying. You got there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you got a little bit of history with the Eagles. Talk to me about how you feel Jalen Hurts is doing. You know, he stepped in a category with Mike Vick in terms of being able to throw 300 passing yards, have three TDs in a game, and have yeah, a rushing yeah, touchdown yeah. as well. So, what do you think about what he's doing? Because I thought, me personally, I'm taking him before Joe Burrow. That's just me. Yeah, you out of pocket too. So for starters, Joe different. He's just a different type of he guy. Different. He a different type of guy. Okay. Uh, I don't think Jalen could go take on that that situation in Cincinnati the way Joe taking okay. on that situation. I don't feel like he was he wasn't equipped for that. He was more his speed. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it, it's a better scheme fit. For him, but I'm definitely proud of dude. I love like it just be about the story, like an underdog. I'm always going with the underdog story. Like just from, you know, the transition, you know how his college career went with the transition from um Bama to Oklahoma and then him going to win big time games and and be that leader, you know what I'm saying? If you know Jalen Hurts, you know his story, he always been a leader. You know what I'm saying? So to see him kinda that's just the story of his life, you know what I'm saying, as far as going to the situation, being the underdog and prevailing. So I'm all for that. I love what he's doing out there in Philly. I can't, I can't wait to keep watching dude play. And, yeah, man, we're going to put a link below, you know, for all of his merch, you know, for his Instagram. Everybody tune in. It's going to be right there at the bottom. And y'all follow this. He's, he's definitely one of the ghosts that's next up in the game. We appreciate you, brother. No doubt, man. Love, Troy. Keep doing your thing. Rob, appreciate y'all for having me, man. Y'all keep doing your thing. All love, you bro. already know, bro. We appreciate you, man. And we'll be in touch, bro. Continue to grind, man. Stay relentless, my boy. Well, this is one of our favorite segments, if not the favorite. I always have a lot on my mind. Troy has tons of things on his mind. And we're here. Yesterday, a video went viral of a cop arresting a young black man with his family in Virginia Beach. They arrested the wrong guy, even though he fit the description. Right now, the the video that's going viral right now, um, the black man was very disturbed. He was annoyed. And his wife or the lady that he was with, was, they were very annoyed by the situation. Right. So as black men in this country, I feel like there are different times where you're going to be stereotyped and you're going to be labeled as the wrong person. Now, I'm not saying he did the wrong thing, but I believe the way he handled the situation was wrong, in my opinion. Why? I say this because. In this situation, the cops were actually calm, right? Even though they were wrong, which they were 100% out of pocket for, they weren't being super aggressive. They just said that they had the wrong, per they had a description. He fit the description, which I mean, you could say is racist, but you could just say they're doing their job as well too. But then as they're arresting a black man, they take him out and it's like, even though they released him, he's still like, going at them he's screaming at them he's cursing at them now in this situation you could tell the cops already know that they're wrong right but my my position on this is to get out of this safe your family's in the inside the mall your wife is here with you what if, what if they just want to you know 
jump on him because of the way he's speaking to them now. Now he's arrested again, right? So I just think, I'm just saying, I think as black men, we need to be safe and smart. Sue the police officers for whatever they did wrong to you, right? But still in the same breath, you just have to be smart because we're not in a position where we have to do what's best for us. We have to do what makes sense. And I get that it's wrong, but I think the goal is to get out of the situation alive. And I think that it worked in his favor this time, but I think he should change the way that he goes about that if that, God forbid, was to happen to him again. Well, I have to disagree with you. I think that he had all right to feel how he feels. I know if I decide today to go out with my girlfriend or my mother or my friend and I want to go sit and have something to eat and I'm sitting there enjoying it with my family and a police officer walks up to me while I'm eating right. and put and grabs me just and puts me in handcuffs right. over something I did not do, I think I would have a, a level of frustration. I do somewhat agree that, you know, obviously him escalating it more can only bring more fuel to the fire. But at the end of the day, I would be just as mad and just as frustrated. You know, he's a man. He's out with his family. He's out with his woman. Like she woman said, they just had a newborn baby. Mm -hmm. They're out trying to enjoy themselves and enjoy the day. And you said that the officer was calm, but the calm, he was only calm because he was wrong. Right. You know, so of course he's going to be calm. How, how are you going to sit here and be hostile when you got me a handcuff for something I ain't do? Right. You know, and one thing I do realize, too. Those officers was real hesitant to give up any information. The lady had to ask them a couple times. Oh, yeah, she was, What's wow. your information? What's your information? Mm -hmm. What's your information? So that's one thing I also took note of. So I feel like the same way and how urgent, how eager they were to get him and arrest him for the crime is how eager and how urgent they should be about apologizing. The same right. way you got the same way you guys walked in this mall Keeping and embarrassed the same me. Energy. The same way you guys walked in this mall and embarrassed me. Feel free to come in there and let everybody know y'all was wrong too. Cause now I gotta walk back in the mall and everybody's staring, looking at, at me. me like I did something wrong. Because, because I, because I just had to get carried out here in handcuffs for something I didn't do. So right. I, I would have to say, um, I, I can understand this frustration and like he said in the video, I mean that's that's what we're fighting for. And though I may look like, may I look like somebody, I may fit the description because I'm black and have dreads, but it wasn't me. And uh, I, I can understand this frustration. So I'm glad that it didn't escalate past that. But at the end of the day, officers have to start doing a a better job and uh us as people we have to start controlling our reactions yeah i agree i agree with you one thousand percent there's no right or wrong way to handle this situation my mindset is just to make it back to my family because when you look at the situation it's clear that we're fighting two different battles right the cop just wants to arrest you we just want to be out of this situation and we're going to figure out the best way to be out of it. So I, I, I 100% agree about him being frustrated. He had every reason to feel the way he felt. I'm just glad that the cops were wrong because there's been many situations, i.e. George Floyd, i.e. Ahmaud Ibrahim. The list goes on where they are strong and wrong about the way that they're moving and they don't care, right? So I'm just focusing in a mindset or locking in in a mindset where I'm not giving them any reason to want to do anything. You, arre you arrested me and you were wrong. Picture if you're actually right. So that's just the mindset that I'm moving on. Now, when we switch to another gear, power took us for a turn last night. Kane is kicked out of the family. Tubit is back. Tubit is the man. <laughs> Tubit is the man. Like, 
I I'm not gonna lie. I try so hard to take two bit serious, but his acting just does not cut it for me. He's trash to you. I, he, I love the character. I love the grittiness. You don't like him. The, the, the acting sometimes just gets to me. I can't lie. But, I, he, but, I, but he, I love him. I love him. Is he as bad as Mary? I love Auntie Mary. What's that mean? I love Auntie Mary. <laughs> okay. I see what type of time you are today. That's fine. I'm not going to jump you. That's fine. But two bits saved the day. Drowned the man out in the pool. Messed up his Rolex. Tyreek, man, he was moving a little spicy this episode. He got his old girl back from Choke. You know what I mean? Doing his one-two-ass stance film now. We've seen him in his first sex scene. You know what I mean? And and the parents, the scene when school started, just to see the, the dynamic of how petty the parents were. Yeah. The white, the white father was racist. The two moms are going back and forth. Uh, my daughter's better than your daughter. Tyreek doesn't have any parents. And Lauren's mother is so disrespectful. Like, Tariq, they couldn't let your mom out so she could sit with you in class? You a grown-ass woman. Why are you speaking to that young boy like that? And you know what? As Tariq does, he killed the Wakanda. He said, don't even worry about that. She'll be home, and I would love to go with y'all to lunch. Mm. And don't don't trip. Your your daughter's still on my line. Oh, on my line? In my pocket? That's that's the prize right there. Like, so you can say say what you want. You can say what you want to say, but no, um, Power was definitely good. Um, Kane, like I said last week, he's a pit bull off the leash. And a lot of times if you don't tame a pit bull, they run wild. And you see it now. He put a hit out on Tyreek, and it obviously didn't go as planned. Two-bit was there to save the day. But a lot of times we, we learn when, when people do favors for you, it come with a fee. It's not a favor. It come with a fee. It's not a favor so if that, you got paid for it. Exactly. So uh, that, that has become now a, a bigger burden because now we're saving his life. He got more money to put out for this guy too bit. And then uh, obviously we see uh, Mary J and her disconnect with her son, Kane. And we see Tasha being, you know, trying to be there for uh, Tyreek, though she can't be there for parent week. So I think it, w- it was an interesting episode. Obviously, there's still so much left to unfold. I want to see what's going to happen between Tyreek and his boy. Braid, I believe it is. Mm, Brady, um, yeah. Hey, that's his boy. You know what I mean? I hate to see someone fall out over mm. fall out of his boy, especially over money or uh, a lady. Lady. You know, yeah. I, I, I've seen and lived the experience like that. So I definitely don't want to see him fall out with his boy over either one of those. So hopefully he's able to patch that up. Yeah, man. Big shout out to Courtney Kemp, uh, 50, for, you know, continuing to get the ball rolling. I feel like they have at least another season left in them if they, you know, put the pieces together with this. And, um, yeah. I'm just looking forward to power to getting better because the only thing for me, it's not as gritty as it used to be. This is the first person that has died, I think, since like the first episode of this season, first or second. So, um, yeah, I just look for the grittiness every time with power because power is so cold. One minute you're there, one minute you're not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, And this is the first episode as well where we didn't see any lawyers. No mm-hmm. Sachs, no Davis. So, mm-hmm. um. I think they really had to dig deep in that bag with this one as well, too. So, uh, yeah, kudos to them, man. And Drew, you had to step up for the family in a big way. With Kane getting pushed out, Ooh, you kind of need Talk some, about that! You know, you kind of need someone to be able to fill that void. And you saw Drew was able to step up. And, you know, when, when a man got, a, got the thing to your cousin's NBA promised knee, you know, you, you got to react fast. And we saw Drew do that. So uh, it's good to see him step up for the family in spite of Kane having 
to kind of take his departure. Before we leave this topic, were you surprised that Drew had that energy inside of him? No comment, bro. <laughs> All right, say no more. Believers, listen, we appreciate y'all so much. We're going on like our 14th episode. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and just staying locked in with us through everything that we have going on. And, you know, don't hesitate to DM Troy, DM me, or email to us on the NBA Prospects Believe podcast Instagram page. And we just want you guys to be in tune with us because we create the content for you guys. So, once again, we appreciate y'all for tuning in. Signing off. Appreciate you. Big shout out to my boy, Marlon Sean, for stopping by, man. We appreciate you and continue to be believers. And what our boy used to keep in is a little Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.